Holman, uh, you ready to start the show? I think, oh, hey, what's up, Miles? Hey, guys, it's Miles, your producer here. What's up? On this episode, you will be speaking with a husband and wife who will be driving 5,000 miles up the Alcan Highway in a brand new truck. You'll discuss Heavy D's Cybertruck on tracks, the best used truck values, and an interesting Nissan patent. Oh, cool. There's a lot of show to get to. Please don't waste any time like you normally do. <laughs> patent. How patent. dare you? He can't really talk very well. No, he? he's... Uh... He's congested right now. Uh, just, He's got a cold. Before we get uh, too far down the road, I just want to say thank you. For? Uh, for saving me the shipping and hand-delivering this uh, Banks uh, box here. We'll get into it in a few minutes. Okay. But it's uh, it's so heavy that it's on the floor because it bowed the desk when you put it on it. It's not lightweight. It is aircraft-grade die-cast aluminum, my friend. Uh, I would like to also add that uh, this must be the Gale Banks signature model. Because it has his uh, signature on the box. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But first, uh, you want to recap what our producer Miles so, said? So yes, Mercedes and Andy Lilienthal are venturing up the Alcan Highway, the Alaska Canadian Highway. Now, that's something you've done in the past that I haven't. I have done it. I know. I, I went from Los Angeles all the way up to Fairbanks, Alaska. I wish it was uh, something I I I, I wanted on my uh, I want to cross it off my bucket list. And uh, dude, I, I did it in I'm a jealous. Ford Ranger. Even better. Yeah, it was super cool. And I did it in the dead of winter. I did it the second week of December, and we were in four-wheel drive the whole way. At what point did your windshield crack? Like the second you turned the heater on? No, the windshield didn't get obliterated until the big rigs came by just dusting us with rocks. That was scary. It was a machine. No, no. When they would go the opposite way, they would have a whirlwind of rocks just chasing them. And we would literally just cower and close our eyes and go all over the windshield. And you just pray that it didn't shatter. So you're saying take a brand new vehicle that someone else owns like the Lilienthal's are doing. That's the way to do it. Yes. Well, this was a brand new Ford gave this to me. Yeah, they didn't didn't like it when you got it back. So when I gave it back to him, the windshield was so spider cracked and pitted and mangled, but it didn't bust, luckily. So yeah, they're going up in a brand new uh, Ineos Grenadier, sorry, Grenadine, as I like to call it. They're going to put it to the test. I guess not many people have yet, and they're going to do it. We're also going to discuss Supercar Ron's Cybertruck on tracks. Now, this is a dude up in Utah that collects Paganis and Bugattis and all that stuff, but within a few days of taking possession of his new Cybertruck, he handed it over to Heavy D Sparks, of Diesel Brothers fame and they put it up on a set of tracks and the comments are priceless on... Fi- on- I, I think the comments are better than the actual vehicle itself. I love the truck. And I love the comments. Okay. We're also going to be talking about the best used truck value. So if you're in the market for a used truck, this could... Holman might have some insight for you. All right. And then uh, also uh, Nissan has a cool patent that just dropped recently and it's on the frontier. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. What? So all sorts of uh, stuff coming out on this episode of the Truck Show Podcast. But first we got to thank Nissan, our presenting sponsor, who brings you the show week after week, month after after month and year after year. So if uh, you're looking for a new truck, head on down to your local Nissan dealer. Go to NissanUSA.com. You can build and price a Frontier, a Titan, a Titan XD. Show them the same love that they've shown you by supporting this Truck Show podcast. Support Nissan, or at least put them on your list. If you're going to be test driving new trucks, I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised with what they have to offer. And now, Mr. Holman, it's time for you to open the box that is on the floor. Put it up on your lap or something. Yeah. Well, that's hefty. Yeah, that's big. That's a big box. Slice open the Banks wrapping tape. All right, so uh, this is a giant box. I know what it is because I uh, ordered it through you. So Mm -hmm. uh, I slid into Lightning's DMs, 
And uh, I said, I said, hey, you, you might you might know me, uh, but I need uh, a diff cover, mm-hmm. a Ram Air diff cover. And it's funny because um, he's like, but you don't you don't have that truck. And I'm like, well, I just want to hang it on the wall. You don't have a Ram. And he's truck, like, no. you need to have a lag bolt in order to hang this thing on the wall. <laughs> I'm uh, opening it up. Yep, it's a box in a box. And it is the Banks Ram Air Diff Cover uh-huh. in black with the Banks shiny uh, logo that's yep. been uh, machined out. No, I got it. I got it. It's good. You got it? Yeah, it comes with all the uh, hardware. Yep. But the reason we like these, not only do they have scoops, that scoop air to actually put it through the fins to cool it down for towing and things like that. It's got a sight glass so you can see the oil level. It's got brand new beautiful hardware on it it's got a magnetic drain plug you can fill and uh, service the diff without taking the cover off right which is super awesome and for those of you who like off-roading if you were accidentally to smash one of those ears on a rock or something like that they break away they will not damage your yeah, diff, you, which you is can very see cool. where they're perforated right yeah. there so they they do snap right off we've tested it and banks has sold thousands of these already and of the thousands, only two guys have busted the ears off. One on a stump and one on some kind of a parking block or and something. And I believe you replaced those, right? Lifetime warranty? Lifetime warranty. Absolutely. That's pretty awesome. So my uncle buys this 23 Ram 2500, and he's like, hey, what should I get for it? And I'm like, well, we should get some bags parts. Let me, I can probably, uh, you uh, know, someone slide into some DMs. <laughs> and he told me he's buying this uh, this travel trailer. So he's got this, uh, this gooseneck. It's like 752 feet long and must weigh 80,000 pounds. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, the first thing you should do, uh, Ram Air diff cover, because as uh, as mighty as your Ram is, uh, that diff cover is going to make a huge difference in keeping those rear uh, gears cool. Yeah. So It cools four times better than the stock cover. How many applications do you guys have? Ram, GM, and Ford, all the three-quarter and one-ton trucks. All right, well, if you need to cool off your rear end because you're towing and hauling, then head over to <laughs> bankspower.com and go down to the year make model and you can find the right one for your truck. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered and everything is We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show, oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. That's us. All right, so uh, Lightning, uh, you and I were both scrolling um, (laughs) on our Instagrams this week, and we both came across the same post, and we like it for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So the post was from uh, Heavy D Sparks from Diesel Brothers, and it's a picture of a uh, brand new Cybertruck on uh, Helltrax. The comment is, when the vehicle is the exact same shape as the tracks with uh, (laughs) hearty eyes, this is one of the most ridiculously amazing things we've ever built. I'm more excited to drive this than anything I've driven in a very long time. So I call shenanigans on all of that. Why it's are you all shenanigans? The dude has driven some of the best things in the world. He just got his helicopter pilot's license where he's for because he's got an where Apache he's, where he's Blackhawk rated, oh, yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, a stock Cybertruck," and all he did was bolt on these tracks. It's the most amazing thing ever. He's, I don't buy no, it. Listen, I get. I don't it. buy it. Dave is really good at being marketing. The hype he's the hype man. He's the hype man for sure. We all know that, so get yeah. past that. If, okay, fine. So look at the actual project. I think it's, it's super cool it's, looking. Whatever. And he's right. The tracks are the same shape mm, as the side. And truck. nobody has ever put a, a set of these tracks on anything else before. It's like low-hanging fruit. 
Okay, cool. So you have hell tracks. Uh, yeah, you can get some Instagram. What I like is there are but, n- no less than 1,970 comments about it. Yes. Oh, so the That's thing the is, entertainment b- factor. Before right you, yeah. So also, he strapped some uh, Baja Designs lights on it, maybe well, like 20 lights. Well, you saw Baja Designs actually uh, hit him up and said, let's strap some lights on it. Oh, is that yeah, true? Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah, they're, know that. They're in the comments. Okay, got it. So let's go through the comments of this Cyber Tracks, as they're calling it. And I think this thing is owned by... Uh, supercar Ron, some Utah high-end car collector up there. So it's not it's not Dave's, but he is outfitting it as he does. So uh, hold on, I, I was reading the comments. Chris Forsberg, 64, who is Chris Forsberg of the Nissan uh, Forsberg package that we talked about in the last uh, right. the last episode. Uh, he's like, let's see it happen. And then uh, decked, who's this sound like? Well, boys, he did it. It's ch- got to be Chopper, right? Chopper. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's funny when you're you're kind of scrolling through. Somebody actually called him up and said. What happened for your love for Nikola? Ooh, because remember, Ouch, the he, badger. he was gonna he bought the badger, and there was gonna be like some announcement that he was gonna he bought kid, the rights to the, the badger something, or right, had something. something. It was all like sort of sketch, so I don't know whatever happened. So it's kind of weird. He's like, oh, nothing to see here, but look, Cybertruck on tracks. <laughs> Nobody will remember the whole conversation he's about just jumping badger. on. Look, he's really, really good at seizing an opportunity. All right, what, you know? what are your favorite? Comments? So like, he blasted all these lights all over the thing, and and had some custom stainless steel racks made. Well, which is cool because it matches yeah, the so stainless the guy, steel. So, on the thing. so so Kanko Killer 187S, serious question, dude. How long does the battery last with the tracks and lights on? LOL. And it's just like four minutes, 2.5 minutes. The bottom line is no one seems to believe that it'll run more than five minutes at cold-ass temperatures and with all the lights and the tracks running. So uh, a lot of battery comments. Uh, one guy says, snowcat, yes. Truck, no. Pontoon boat? Maybe. <laughs> that was pretty good. I do like Baja Designs. Now, this is a bright idea with a light bulb. <laughs> yeah. This is like one of those how many triangles are in this picture riddle. <laughs> All right, that, that one was Strong. super solid. Strong, yes. And then, of course, the comments about breaking the uh, the internet and you can put a diesel generator in the back and all that kind of stuff. So uh, this guy, I love when people say this has got to be the coolest, best, most amazing thing we've ever done to date. Every time they do something. You know what that means? That means that they're pushing the envelope every time they do something. I'm like, eh, eh, somebody wants to get in the good graces. Holman, you got to love this one. Trevor is rolling his eyes. <laughs> Trevor, Out, yeah, Trevor yeah. Milton, Milton. Yes. Who, uh, of yeah. Nikola. Well, former. Who, former Nikola uh, fame. Of something, uh, some penitentiary somewhere now. Right. Uh, how the Cybertruck should have come from the factory. That actually looks way better than they do from the factory. This is how it should have come. This is what 35 minutes of battery life looks like. <laughs> that's, that's pretty solid. <laughs> One guy just said, take my money. So uh, that's low-hanging fruit on uh, uh, internet comments. Time for a ski trip. Uh huh. Halfway out of the garage, you're going to need to charge it. Enjoy that four-mile range. People are not believing that this is going to do much out in the snow. He's a great hype man. I think it's cool. It's great for photos, but I'm kind of, eh, I'm meh on it. Like, go, go out there and, and do silly things, like, by all means. Like, somebody came to my house and said, hey... Here's a Cybertruck and a bunch of parts, like, bolt these on and then go somewhere and take videos. I'd be like, okay. But for me, I don't think so. You? I love it. I love it. I would love to drive down the street in this, like, down Whittier Boulevard on a cruise night. (laughs) It must make a racket on the street, right? Would it fall apart? Uh, Are they pretty durable? Yeah, they're pretty durable, but you uh, you don't want to turn too sharply. You got to manage your, uh, your turning on those. So, yeah, good luck with those ball joints. 
I wouldn't take it on my next uh, long range off road trip or anything like that. But it's it's cool for Instagram. I'd love to pick up a date in this. All right, speaking, of, <laughs> you're married. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so speaking of married and cold weather, why don't we uh, transition to giving our friends uh, Andy and Mercedes Lilienthal a call? You guys uh, uh, may remember them. They've been on the show before. Andy used to work at Warren, and and Mercedes is a freelance uh, writer. And so they are going to. In fact, last time they were on the show, they were talking about doing the Alcan Five Thousand. Except last time it was in their Pajero or something, right? Yes. So this time, a freak show of a little truck. <laughs> this time they got a brand new Grenadier from Ineos. And so I'm kind of curious about the compare and contrast between uh, those two vehicles. And uh, I, I think they're leaving like when you hear this episode air. So Are you uh, admit that you're jealous. Will you just admit no? I'm, you're I'm jealous? totally jealous. Yeah. If some, I, listen, if somebody said, "Here's a vehicle. Here's gas. Drive to the Arctic Circle." I would leave tomorrow. <gasps> I I would you, tell my family I'll be gone for several weeks. Do you think they're getting free gas or, or paying for it? I don't know. We should find out. Why don't you give them a call? All right. Let's dial Mercedes and Andy. Hello. Hello, Mercedes. Lightning and Home at Truck Show Podcast. Hey, hey, how are you? We're awesome. Where's Where's our man Andy? Where he at? I'm right here. Oh, there <laughs> hey, there he is. This is the first time we uh, we've talked to Andy since he uh, he left his old uh, his old throws over at Warren and went out on his own, and so now he's like me, trying to figure out how to make money. Now, so Holman <laughs> is uh, used for adventure or. Which other one was the podcast one? Uh, Holman at Truck Show Podcast. No, 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 oh, no. Just the business? Yeah, the business. Oh, Truck Famous. Truck Famous, that's right. Yeah. Truck there's, Famous, there's LLC. OVR Mag. And OVR Mag. And, but, but, license but, plate media. Yeah. I got to be honest, though. I kind of prefer Mercedes and Andy crankshaft culture. That's that's cool. You know they have a, uh, a group on Facebook, right? I'm going to have to join. You should do that. There's a lot of interesting will, stuff on there. Will they admit me? Well, I also need to figure out why the heck they're selling the old tractor. That's a whole other thing we have to talk about. All right, we'll do that right after we play the intro. Don't move. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? Now, did you say something about a tractor? Uh, well, that's just what they call it. It's not an actual tractor. What are you referring to? No. Well, it's a 1992 <laughs> Mitsubishi Pajero with a two and a half liter turbo diesel engine. We call it the Rally Tractor. The ah, Rally Tractor. That's the one we spoke to you last time about. It's a two door, also by the way, which makes it short wheelbase it, and super rad. It is. Yeah. It's one of the two two door Pajeros we have. We're going to we're going to become a one Pajero family. So wait, why now you can't have little Pajeros? <laughs> well, we have a uh, we have a Mitsubishi Delica van as well, so there might be some yeah, action happening under the carport still. All right, all right. But, well, uh, you guys are running a freak show over no, there. No, no, they totally you. all their vehicles are freak shows except for the uh, the latest one that they actually. Well, there's one that they're borrowing. We'll get into yeah. that soon. And they also just picked up a uh, a Subaru, which is a fairly normal person's car. Yeah, hey, I, that that Delica. I I want to know: Will that Delica make a tighter turning radius than those old Toyota vans that are like the wheels were so close? We, to my each mom other. had a 1984 version of the Toyota Toaster I van. I feel like you could turn on like literally you, a dime. You realize those things? You sat on the engine. It was on a short wheelbase Toyota pickup chassis. My neighbor had one. I loved it. Oh, it was great. We had it for Boy Scouts and stuff like that. You load everybody in there. It had the cool like. RV style sliding uh, sliding windows in it and yep. yeah that thing that thing was cool. So the Delica, good, bad, excellent. Oh yeah, uh, love it. 
This is a Delica Space Gear, so it's not the Star Wagon like well, we had one, but the Star Wagon was the cab over style. The the Star the boxy one. Yeah, the Space Gear is uh well, let's put it this way. We've had a lot of people ask us at at some of the shows like, is that a lifted Previa? I'm like, no, not a Previa. We also had a Previa growing up. Of course, we had, you did. We had a '92 Previa with uh, captain seats. God. The egg. It was oh, awesome. Yeah, nice. Love that thing. You were so oh, yeah, white, nice. Huntington Beach. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> nice. My mom could never have anything super nice. It had to be really practical. And she's listening right now, probably going, seriously, why are you outing me? But I remember they spent a lo- like hours at the dealership trading in the, the blue toaster van uh-huh. to get the Previa, right? And so, you know, it was like the new car was coming home. And so I was like probably 14 or 15 at the time. And I remember it was pearl white. And it had chrome wheels, and it was the alloys. And I'm like, oh, my God, the minivan's rad, right? And my mom literally walks in the door and goes, the chrome wheels are going back tomorrow. Oh, no. (laughs) She deleted them? Yeah, yeah. She had had the regular alloys put on, but it was so late, the service department was closed. That's so So they had to go back. That's so lame. I'm like, my mom finally got chrome wheels on the family family donk, and uh, nope, they went back. That's so funny that you guys were so practical. That's just I know my uh, my parents. We grew up. My dad had uh, like six Honda Accords in a row. Yeah, you know. I think after the Previa, my mom had a Ford Explorer. I mean, it was like just normal, you know, middle class cars, just, just awesome. pedestrian vehicles. Yeah, yeah, not like the Lilienthal's. Uh, no, they they have a well. Then you guys have to worry because some states don't even want your uh, Delica on the roads. Yeah, I actually, I broke that story, believe it or not, uh, about the Delicas in Maine. And then uh, first, uh, we saw some uh, people getting a letter from the state of Maine in uh, in the uh, Mitsubishi Delica Owners Club group on Facebook that I'm uh, admin of, Mercedes and I. Are. Andy's pretty much the godfather of all the uh, Delica and, and uh, Pajero groups online everywhere. But that's, yeah, Maine, Maine Oh, one of them? I was going to say, that's got to be really easy <laughs> since there's seven members. <laughs> hey, Bob, yeah, what's yeah. up today? But there's also <laughs> seven groups. Quite a bit. There's seven groups and all seven of those members. Members are in each group. <laughs> yeah. So they just, they just share it all each other all the time. So, all right. How is business now that you've gone out on your own? I, I don't think we've really had a chance to talk since uh, you decided to uh, jump out of the corporate world and uh, give it a swing. Why don't yeah. we talk about the Alcan 5000? No, no, no. It's all later. about entrepreneurialism. No, we're catching up with Andy. Business is good. We're busy. Um, we're headed to Montreal, Quebec tomorrow for a drive event. And then, um, uh, yeah, we leave uh, for the Alcan 5000 on the 21st. We like this, two weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we got, a, we got a bunch of stuff planned. So, But we're busy and, and we're doing well. And, you know, we've got uh, clients. We're doing a lot of writing. And Awesome. I, I, I love to hear it. Obviously, Mercedes has been out kind of freelancing for a while now. And now you guys get to get back to tackling some stuff uh, as a as a couple, which is cool. And well, I know you guys love traveling together. Haven't we seen your names yes. in OVR recently? Uh, yeah, we we have had the uh, Lilienthal's in uh, in OVR Mag, absolutely. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You guys are clearly getting to go do cool stuff still. So the big news is we. I think the last time we talked to you on the show was when you guys were preparing for last year or two years ago on the Alkin Five Thousand, and we wanted to know what it was like to drive a a vehicle to uh, you know I guess the Arctic Circle, right? Yeah, uh, you know, we did the, we did the 2020 Alcan, uh, which was in one of our freak show vehicles, in uh, in 2020, and then in 2022 we did it in an Outback Wilderness. We didn't go quite as far as the Arctic Circle in 2022, uh, and then for 2024 we're going to be in an Ineos Grenadier, and uh, we will uh, we will, <laughs> we will hit that Arctic Circle. 
Uh, I'm I'm excited to find out. I know uh, you posted some initial thoughts on uh, online on your uh, on your Facebook and kind of said, "Hey, we're we're kind of getting used to it." And I maybe made a little bit of a snarky comment about build quality is good, but lots of quirks to uh, to to get over. I I recently had a chance to drive it, and this is probably one of the more excited I've been about uh, a vehicle coming out lately. Long story short, for those who are just uh, you know coming on the show now and haven't heard the backstory, is a billionaire uh, who's an oil tycoon said that uh, he wanted to purchase basically the old Defender uh, blueprints from Land Rover and put it back into service uh, as a newer vehicle updated uh, instead of the Defender that we get from Land Rover, which is a, a minivan with swinging doors and is an abomination to the Defender name, but that's a whole other conversation. And uh, Land Rover told him politely to go pound sand. So he took his billions and said, I'm going to just go build it myself. So Think of an Ineos Grenadier as the modern version of a true Defender 110, and you kind of get the picture of what this vehicle is. It's designed in uh, the UK. It's built on the uh, German-France border where the old smart cars used to be built, and it's got German engineering such as the BMW drivetrain. And so good engine, but really piss poor wiring. Uh, no, I, I think they probably left that to the Germans too. Okay, hopefully. Right. <laughs> so what I don't know about this, guys, and maybe um, Mercedes and Andy, you can fill me in as a as a, a, an enthusiast, but not in the hardcore off road space, and certainly not in the upper echelon of like the English or German off roaders, like the G wagon stuff like that. <clears throat> I don't feel the Grenadier in my marketing. Like I don't. I'm not seeing it on my feeds. I'm not seeing it on ESPN during football games. I'm not feeling it anywhere. What's do you have any idea what that's about? Yeah, actually, it's funny you mention that because today on I believe it was carbuzz.com, it was announced that Ineos is all of the Ineos uh, 2024 allocations have been have been sold or have or at least are are available. Um, so uh, they're not making any more 2024s. They had a fairly low uh, expected to sell like eight thousand a year, so they weren't they weren't going after you know two hundred forty thousand uh, sales. And I think globally, when when I went to their launch um, last year in uh, I think it was January of um, last year in Scotland um, for the global launch of the uh, Euro circuit that I drove both the um, the diesel and the petrol. And uh, they said globally they wanted to have their take rate of being thirty thousand out of the gate. So this is a lot more of a boutique. Uh, manufacturers. So, of course, you know, first year manufacturer, first year um, model, you know, of course, they've got their uh, quartermaster coming out right afterwards, and they're going to have their EV coming out in about two years after that. You know, of course, we see it all over the place, but (laughs) I think we're a little bit more embedded with it. And we, you know, we've been writing about it um, extensively. We've been um, doing social media on it. So I think it's, you know, the, the AI has been kind of catering more towards us. But North America has been uh, becoming a powerhouse as far as reservation holders, as far as sales is concerned. And it's been surpassing some of the other markets like Australia or Europe, um, which has been what they were expecting and is what they're seeing. And hoping for, right? Because you want to have a strong presence in the North American market. Uh, You said around 8,000, just so people have a sense of uh, scale. The Toyota Land Cruiser, which was discontinued in 2022, in 2021, they sold 3,711. So selling 8,000 of these is more double what Land Cruiser was selling before it got canceled uh, with the older platform here in the in the U.S. and went to Lexus only. So that's saying something. The other thing is they they've only been really on sale here for you know probably less than a, a, a real year. And I'm starting to see them pop up. I, I drove Bernard and on sale, meaning for order. They're just now delivering, correct? 
Yeah, they've just been yeah. delivered here in what the last four or five months, something like that. Two, two or three no, weeks. Literally, only about two or three weeks. Oh well, even even shorter. So, so I, I got into one that Bernard right. Leitner had picked up, and he let yep. me drive it, yep. and. There's nice. a lot of things that I liked about it. Like I like the styling. I think they did a good job. I like the the build quality. It seems really solid. The doors sound like granite when you thunk them. Um, but there's a lot of like stupid little things. Like what's under the fenders above the front wheels? Is that wasted space? Could you? It, could it have possibly been a compartment for like an onboard air compressor or something like that? I know they have the stadium seating in the back that has like the spare batteries and a bunch of room for auxiliary components under the second row. That's cool. Except. You can't lay flat the back seat, so you can't sleep across the back without a pad or something. And then the way they mount the spare door, it's like a 70-30 rear door. And where they or where they mount the spare tire, it's like a 70-30 rear door. And if you put anything bigger on, you get to a point where you almost can't open the door, like one's tire size up, mm. because the tire right. gets too close to the edge of where the other edge of the, do- the opposite door is. And then for 80000 it's a regular key. There's not like a, a a keyless key fob. And the screen is really small. And it shares a lot of functions. It does the maps. It does the radio. It does the camera. It does the speedometer, which I hate. I know why they did it. Because you want to have a driver and a passenger be able to make it left and right hand drive super easily. So everything's on the center stack. But once you start driving and everything's on there, it just takes up a lot of real estate. And so you're kind of look. you wish the screen was bigger. I wish I wish they had like a little screen just for the driver information stuff, like speedometer in front of the di- driver. So that center stack screen could be used for other things. But other than that, it rode nice. I thought it, it's very similar suspension to like a Wrangler JL. And the only thing I didn't like about it is the steering doesn't self-center. There's like the caster seems way off for me. So the first curve you go around, it's like, oh, you got to kind of unwind it. Well, could that have been just Bernard's or you think that's No, no, general? no, that's all of them. Oh, it is. Yeah, no, it's, um, in fact. It's, it takes some getting used to, right. for sure. Right. Yeah. Steering was one of the things that took some getting used to because it doesn't self-center quite as much, you know, and as far as the, the you know, okay, it's $80,000, you don't get a push button. I could care less personally. Like, give me a key. I don't care. As long as it starts every time, that's all I care about. And one of the things, just to to note, is that Ineos wanted to make sure that they could try to have as much field fixable as possible. So their whole mantra was to have as much mechanical as possible and technologically enabled only as necessary. So they wanted to have as few ECUs as possible on board. So that there goes the push uh, push button, there goes the blind spot detection, there goes all of the fancy, you know, wahoo, you know, the, the, all the things that are, you know, where the Land Rover Defender goes through, that, you know, where all of the other... Yeah, the G-Wagon, you know, all these others go to for the technology bits because they don't want it to necessarily, you know, go into limp mode immediately because some, you know, ECU decides to trip and there you're stuck on the trail not being able to go anywhere because some simple thing just decides to go to pot. So, so, so I get that. I'm just spoiled. I have a 392 that has adaptive uh, cruise control, blind spot, and right. all the all yeah. the things, right? right? And and I'm soft. I'm, I'm just going right, to be honest right. with you. I've gotten you soft over soft, time. Yeah. So, Andy, Mercedes, how do you or not represent Ineos? You got the vehicle to go on the Alcan 5000. Did you buy it? Are they giving it to you? And what do they expect out of you? So for us, they're giving it to us on loan. We did not buy the vehicle. Um, And we are um, journalists. So for us, we have a very benign, truthful, um, unbiased opinion. 
no matter if they give us a vehicle or if we buy a vehicle and we review it or, or, or whatnot. So, Andy, I don't know if you have a differing opinion, but for us, we are automotive journalists. So it doesn't matter if they give us a vehicle and say, here, you have it for a month. And if you if you drive it or or if they, you know, whatever, what have you. So um, for me, there's never going to be a perfect vehicle. There are going to be things that we're not going to like. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. So we're and there are things that I do not prefer on the Grenadier. And there are certain things that I absolutely love about the Grenadier. So and we're going to write about those things in, in detail. I think it's important. So okay, great. Yeah, I just and, wanted to make sure that you guys were impartial here. No, no, no. I, I think that, oh, yeah. I think it's a fantastic, a fantastic first swing. There's some preference things that bug me. From what I look for in a vehicle, well, this is their first go at it, right? That's what I'm saying. This is a this is an incredible oh, yeah. first swing. Like I'm I'm really impressed with the vehicle, but I'm also a journalist, and so if there's people or or looking and cross shopping, you have to understand what you're getting yourself into. This is made for long range backcountry travel primarily, so you're it's not going to be the it's not made for all the creature comforts. Yeah, correct, but right. it still costs eighty grand, right? So depending on your trim and model and all that kind of stuff. So I, I but I think like the way they have the switches. Wire the way they have the mounts for the 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 uh, roof rails, all that kind of stuff. They've got the cool little uh, dual sunroof over each of the front seats. That's kind of neat, you know. And and then it is a little bit of a parts bin car in the sense that it's got the BMW electronic shifter that has the BMW head on it, and then the transfer case shifter is like a cue ball, like a black cue ball. And so I hate that BMW shifter in any car. It's not an Ineos thing, but having it in the Ineos to figure out the stupid thing you have to do for park and reverse and drive is just as irritating in that as it is in a BMW. That being said, I thought it rode great. It's quiet. It Scott Brady just took from Overland Journal just took one across the African continent and had a had a great time with it. What are they using um, for the transmission? Do you know? It's a ZF. It's a BMW oh, it straight oh, twin, tur- yeah. twin turbo straight six, but it's detuned. I think it's only something around a 280 horsepower. So it's not super powerful, but they did that to keep it reliable because those BMW straight sixes are sort of a crapshoot with <laughs> with lots of boost, uh, as as the uh, BMW dealer can tell you. I, I would agree on all those on all those points. Uh, you know, the nice thing about it is is you know the BMW. You know, it's all BMW filters and and all that stuff. It's easy to get. You know, it's not it's not some you know unobtainium that you can only get at one spot. So so I I'm glad for that, especially if I'm going to be you know out in the middle of nowhere. You know, I'm never I'm not that far away from a B. It's not like I have to get some you know fancy Lamborghini exhaust manifold that's only available you know every three years or something like that. So hey Andy, I'll, let me uh, ask you, Mercedes, you should explain the toot horn to my man lightning here <laughs> because it oh, deserves yeah. its it's 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 its own talking point yeah there's this little red button <laughs> on the on the steering wheel on the right hand side of the steering wheel and it says toot and like it's got a symbol of a bicycle so rather than laying on the horn when you know like there's something in the some person in the middle of the road it's a much more polite like excuse me very huh. cordial I, I kept jokingly saying, give them the old toot toot, you know, when there's just so many standing in the road. Yeah, you don't have to be downtown Chicago and just be like, get the, you know, H out of the way or whatever. 
you know, or like when I was in, in Scotland and we were on the trails, right? And there was literally a herd of Scottish stag and I was in the back of the pack um, with the grenadiers and there was one that I think it was like a 14 or a 16 pointer and it did not want to get off the trail. No respect and for the was, toot. It, yeah, literally. And, and it was staring me down and after what seemed like, you know, eternity, um, I radioed up and I said, uh, guys, uh, there's a stag that's staring me down and I don't want to be like the only North American journalist with where all of a sudden he's going to literally hit the Grenadier with a stag. No, 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 no. Not um, only, uh, Mercedes, hold on. Not only first. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That story gets better when you uh, when you are the first uh, North American journalist to be impaled inside a Grenadier. Yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much, pretty much. But you got to give me the old two teeth. That's right. And they said just... Just use a toot horn. And I'm like, uh, you sure what that guy's? So, yeah. So, beep, 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 beep. And just so really soft. And he, he looked at me. Ears go back. But then the thing literally just starts prancing off slowly. And I, and I basically, you know, after I soiled myself, I went, okay, all right, we're good. And then we uh, basically kept on going. So, yeah. So, all was good in the world. So, apparently the owner of Ineos is a bicycle guy. So, he wanted to have a more polite way to tell bicyclists to get the... H, as Mercedes said, right. out of uh, out of your way. Yeah. There you go. Toot horn. Let's talk about the Alcan 5000. So the Alcan 5000 rally in a nutshell is a 5,000 mile plus 10 day rally that changes um, course. So it's like the Olympics. It's a time speed distance competition. It's a road rally. Um, where it's like the winter and then two years summer, then two years winter. And in 2024, this year, it's a 40th year anniversary of it. So it started in 1984 and um, the route changes. And uh, so it starts typically near Seattle. And this year we're going to be going up all through uh, British Columbia, then going into uh, Alberta, then uh, heading all the way up to Yellowknife, heading westward all the way through Whitehorse, then going up into Fairbanks, optional route up to Coldfoot back down into Fairbanks, down to Valdez, and then finishing into Anchorage. Uh, so, okay, so question for you guys. Obviously, going up there in a mostly stock vehicle, but there are some limited modifications and then gear that you have to bring. So how are you outfitting it for this particular adventure? Yeah, it is mostly going to be stock. So we're going to – we love a, a good BF Goodrich uh, KO2, which is what this comes with. But we are going to – The Trial Master comes the with. The Trial Master, which is the, the version we have. Um, but we're going to swap out those tires for Michelin X-Ice tires. Uh, let's give this thing as much uh, traction as possible because, frankly, once you get north of British Columbia – in this time of year, oftentimes you won't see bare pavement uh, again for the entire rally. So uh, we're going to put some Michelin X-Ice tires on there. We're going to throw a set of Max tracks up on the roof just in case we need those. Uh, we're going to have factory supplied or dealer supplied Rhino Rack. Rhino Rack is is Ineos's racking partner. We're going to have a double jerry can holder on there. We're going to have some uh, antenna mount from Rhino Rack, uh, some rugged radios, antennas, and radios. Back to 55 uh, recovery gear. Back to 55 have. recovery gear, and then uh, a couple of jerry cans up on the roof there. So, but really, other than that, it's 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 going to be stock. So, you know, we think it'll be plenty capable. What uh, what do you expect the range to be? So the fuel tank is 23.8 gallons. That's so weird because I was mm-hmm. going to ask that question, and the reason I was going to ask the question about range uh-huh. is because I drove the Alcan. Right. So I went all the way up, and we went in December, right before Christmas. And there were spots that sign says last fuel stop for 400 miles. And if you don't get 400 yep. miles of range, you run out and you get cold. Yeah. Fast. Yep. 
Yeah, so we anticipate at 15 miles a gallon, uh, we expect about 350 miles of range. But again, we're bringing 10 gallons of uh, you know, high test fuel with us just in case, you know, the, the other thing that happens up there is you'll, you'll be going and there's the gas station 400 miles later and you'll pull in and they just might not have power. We've had that happen before in 2020 where we pulled in and they didn't have power. So nobody could fuel up. There's a saying up there that literally all of us say never pass gas. And it's so true. It's funny, but it's true. never pass gas on the Alcan. We have the uh, the same rule here in the podcast studio, which is uh, never abided by. <laughs> no, <laughs> there are this right here. Is the, hold on, listen. This is a bag of Wiener Schnitzel chili dogs yeah, from before light, we started. Lightning the show. inhaled uh, about four chili dogs no, prior to calling you. Just one. So, what do you guys do when you run into the fuel station that's out of power? Or that does, hasn't been supplied fuel, then you just curl up and die. Like I mean, well, they're they're still on the phone, so they've they've made it well, back barely a couple times. Maybe they didn't. Maybe <laughs> these are the ghosts of Andy and the ghosts. Of the, I don't think so. I think these are really them. Okay. The rally has um, buddy cars, so each team member has at least two or three different cars that they basically run with in a pack. So you have morning time speed distance challenges where you have maybe for half an hour to an hour of an actual competition based, uh, you know, part or leg. And then you have maybe 750 or 780 miles where it's basically uh, a transit. Then you might have an afternoon leg. Uh, so during that transit, you can't really just slow down and like, you know, oh, take photos here, do this and, you know, visit this area, whatever. You you have to make time. Um, so but you're you're in a pack of a couple of different cars. That being said, is if you run out of fuel, there might be another vehicle that has a jerry can where you can swap fuel or this or that. But you're you have your own jerry cans. You have to be self-sufficient up there. I can see it where somebody runs out and the buddy cars all come to a stop. And it's like the end of Reservoir Dogs, where they're all looking at each other. It's like, who gets the fuel can? Yeah. You know, there's like Rochambeau on the side. It's like, I don't know if I want to give you my fuel. I'm I'm getting low myself. You you may have to just stay behind. Dude, I mean, it's sub zero. You die if you don't you have will, fuel. Yeah, yeah. Like then, I I want to call you get, guys. I want to call you guys after the uh, Alcan just to find out if the defroster worked on this thing. <laughs> well, and and that's and you you raise a really good point. I mean, you know, there are lots of tips and tricks, and and we're going to be writing a lot about that. You know, one of the things is we have anti fog um, spray that we're going to be using for the first time in the inside of our windshield and our our um, our uh, glass and and all these different kinds of things. And and um, you know, all of these different things that you learn along the way each year that you do it that you're taught. So you know, you had asked about modifications, and and it's not something when I think of modifications, I think of tires and suspension. And all witches, two, two things that we're going to be doing. Uh, the, the witches, you know, kind of like uh, what, uh, Smitty built or uh, Harbor Freight. <coughs> See what you so did there. It, yeah, it actually has a red wind on it. Oh, interesting. But uh, two modifications we are making is we're taking out the factory um, uh, windshield wiper fluid and putting minus fifty fluid in there because that stuff will freeze up real quick. The other one is changing to a 60-40 antifreeze mix. So instead of being good down to about 36 below 38, Fahrenheit, I think 38, 38 Fahrenheit from the factory, it's going to be good to minus 62 Fahrenheit. So it's little things like that. Fluids do weird things at 50 below zero. Uh, your plastic does weird things at 50 below zero. So we're, we're making some modifications there. Not big, sexy modifications, but necessary bits. Yeah, motor oil, gear oil, things like that. It has zero W20, which is next to water anyway, so not worried about that. It's all synthetic fluid, too, so I'm not too worried about that. 
So here's my next question for you guys, uh, and it'll become apparent after with my follow-up. Obviously, people on this show, especially the two hosts in here, are thinking about restroom stops. And uh, what do you carry with you? If you if you have a common man's bumper dumper or something like that, you're exposed to the elements. And I can't imagine that. I would think that uh, gasoline stops and uh, serviceable restrooms are probably at the same interval. So how the heck do you go when you got to go? So if you're lucky enough, you might be able to find a rest stop. And most of the times it might be four pieces of plywood um, slightly ganged together that may have an outhouse roof-ish kind of um, uh, slightly put together. Um, Andy's got a really good photo that has made its way <laughs> online in parts um, with a toilet in there that you can hover above. And um, Yeah, you don't want to put your, your cheeks on it because no. it'll be like that, uh, that no. scene in A Christmas Story a- with the flagpole and you'll be taking a, a whole porta right. potty with you when you get up. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You hover, you hover. But most of the time, there literally is nothing. So you, if you need to go, you literally pack it in, pack it out. I mean, you go and you pack it out. So um, that that is what it is. And as far as women, hey, you just got to brave it and be quick. So I have um, gotten to the age of where, you know, um, dumping in the desert, if you will, Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable. My, my knees don't like it. Right? What's the necklace that you and I bought with the uh, the the? the uh, I have one. That's Graham from uh, Pula Hoop. Oh yeah, Pula Hoop. Yeah, yes, where it has I have the one of those toilet paper around your neck. Yeah. Yes. So you don't have to sit in the dirt. Well, it just no, hangs around your neck. Well, no, you... that's the toilet paper. I'm talking uh, yeah. about like the actual act of squatting, like getting up and like making sure you don't poop down the back of your pants, or you know, you fill up your boots or something, or or on a, a particularly bad moment where you've got you know the piles growing, you have to move laterally to make room for yourself. <laughs> I realize all these things are bad. There's no way that Andy and Mercedes thought they were going to talk about. No, but this is important. Show. <laughs> this is super important. So, I've been looking at the uh, the Thunderbox and the uh, Bush toilet from Iron Man, and they fold up and they're like two inches thick. Folded box. That's on. awesome, right? Thunderbox. Yeah, Thunderbox. And I was I'm looking at those. And I'm going. One of these two things has to be the best thing ever made because you can actually unfold this thing, sit on it, do your business. You can do it into the the normal bag that has the pack out gel where it neutralizes everything. But do you guys have any experience with any of these? Because if I'm going on a epic cross continent adventure, I want to be comfortable <laughs> when I poop. I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, I, I own a luggable loo, but I've not ever had to use it. Um, you know, we, we you know, I have uh, I have more experience than I'm willing to admit with wag bags. But, um, you know, on the Alcan, I guess I've just been lucky enough. It's, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, people that have dogs, it's like, oh, it's so cold out. Dogs like, I'm not going outside. It's too cold. So, um, so you know, I've been able to usually uh, have no problem with uh, making my stops when I need to. Uh, High protein but, diet, yeah, I mean, eggs <laughs> and steak for breakfast. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> no chili dogs. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess call me call me lucky as well. I mean, I I just either that or call me extra hardcore. <laughs> I've never I've never had lucky or you oh, know or never had an issue. But uh, I you know uh, if it is. It's Travel gods are listening to you guys right now. Don't oh, let God, your luck run out. Yeah. Can we go back to the rally for a second? The rally specifically. I don't yeah. I don't really understand this time based distance thing. Like, how do you win? What do you or yeah. is it just is it just an exercise and hey, let's go and we're all gonna rally it's like sounds like a caravan and not a race. What's is, do you win? Well, it's anything? a rally. Does anyone win yeah. anything? Like what's other than the adventure, what else is up? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a part of the Alcan 5000 is uh, it is competition and it is time speed distance. So time speed distance rally, um, it's not like stage rally, like, you know, in a Subaru sliding sideways through the woods and all that stuff. Time speed distance is all about accuracy. So you get a route book and in the route book, there's a bunch of directions. So they'll say like at when your odometer reads 0.5, you take a right on the main street, change your average speed to 38 miles an hour. And then at 2.1 miles, take a left on to, uh, you know, Elm street and change your average speed to 22. And then there's checkpoints throughout that stage. They're all GPS marked. And they won't tell you where, right? So they give you the mileage and they give you the, the distance, but they don't give the you the time. So you have to figure out when you're supposed to be going through these checkpoints as accurately as possible. And there are a variety of different classes, uh, depending on your level of expertise and equipment. So we're in the SOP class, which stands for seat of pants, um, which means we don't have any computers or anything like that. There are equipped and unlimited classes that run com rally computers where you basically put the directions into this computer and it'll tell you speed up, speed up, speed up, or slow down, slow down, slow down. I have Mercedes to tell me speed up or slow down. <laughs> so which is both yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we sort of jokingly say that the Alcan 5000 is, by the way, there are, there are ridiculous long division equations to figure out the time uh, that you need incremental. to be incremental times between checkpoints. So we jokingly say that the Alcan 5000 is an exercise in sleep deprivation and long division. And hunger. Well, okay. So, so let's be honest. You guys own a Pajero rally tractor. You've got a Delica. Two? You've got a, yep. a Subaru. Yeah. 22 miles an hour feels just at home for you guys. Oh, pretty much. Yeah, that's almost top speed of the, of the rally track. It's so. weird, though, that if you so if you go too fast, you can lose. That's the bottom line, you right? You go too, too fast, accuracy. too slow. It's, yeah, it's literally all, it's a precision-based rally. So you have to be perfectly on point, on time, on course, Perfectly. Yeah, it's a, a zero is a perfect score. So you show up early, you're penalized. You show up late, you're penalized. If you get stuck behind a tractor or you get stuck at a train crossing or something like that, you can take what they call a time allowance, which allows you to say, hey, we were here for 30 seconds. We're going to add 30 seconds to our time. And the biggest thing is that it's all on public roads. So you have natural things like, oh, there's a stoplight or like a tractor or, oh, there's a train or whatever. Usually they're within towns. So it's not like on a highway or something like that. But yeah, like Andy said, you could be stopped and it's a, you know, it's like force majeure. Oh, sorry. You know, but there act are time allowances. Yeah. Like we're an act of God. Hopefully it's not a blizzard. I mean, which has happened up there in 2020. Um, but, you know, it, it's like, hey, sorry, sometimes. So. What do you estimate you're going to spend in gasoline? Lots. <laughs> I think that's you fair. You have an estimate. Didn't you have an estimate? Oh, God. Uh, you know, who, who knows? With COVID and with um, the price of fuel increasing up there, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, so if we're going 5,000 miles. 5,000 miles, and I think the Grenadier was... In between 15 to what 17 miles per gallon. 15, that's so. How yeah, much uh, grenadine does it take through uh, for see the what you did there? Oh no, the um, grenadine is actually used. Grenadine. It, grenadine. It, do you guys use? I don't even know how much we we're thinking. 
I think they use grenadine in the alcohol that they pour in their windshield wiper fluid to so keep it from red. freezing. So it's red, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Andy, you and I had priced out 87 octane, and I think it, it takes premiums. It does Honestly, take we, premium, yeah. We, oh, we my God, that's going to bankrupt out. you guys. <laughs> do, you have a financial, do you guys have a financial sponsor? That's why I said lots. <laughs> I said lots. <laughs> so, well, listen. Uh, a few thousand, uh, effectively, probably a few thousand. I have an uh, idea. Well over two, 2,500 at least, I think. I guarantee you, if you open up one of those uh, back seat uh, seating positions, Lightning will be happy to donate five hundred bucks to the cause, and he will be perfect for pushing when you run out of fuel because your range yeah. is less. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna push. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'll tell thousand pounds. Right. Two of them. I was I was gonna say <laughs> we we will we will tell you. I will. T- I I am very good at, about keeping meticulous records of all of my receipts as we go, especially fuel receipts. And, uh, you know, if you follow Crankshaft Culture uh, on our social, um, we actually have gotten a couple of uh, press o- uh, association reward or awards, I should say, rather, with um, our previous Alcan 5000 rally coverages and with the different reels and stuff like that. And one of them I know that I did of daily reels was I think it was like day nine or something. It was like day nine. 22 tanks later or something like that. And I flipped back and forth the receipts of all the fuel tank receipts <laughs> like of all the gas stations. And I'm like, I think it was like 21 or 22 tanks of like nine days later or something like that. It was pretty oh, wicked. This is going to be, uh, this is going to be epic. I, I, I'm excited for you guys. I'll tell you as a, uh, as a longtime journalist, one of my favorite things is picking up a brand new unproven vehicle and driving it very long distances. I've had a chance to do that uh, many times in my career, maybe not quite to uh, the Arctic circle, but uh, there, there's nothing finer. Uh, if you guys want to follow along, I know you'll you'll be posting at crankshaftculture.com. And then what social will you guys be posting the adventures on? So I will primarily, since I'm the navigator, Andy's the driver, uh, I will be posting on Crankshaft Culture uh, via social media. So that will primarily be Instagram. I'll be doing a lot of stories and I'll be doing hopefully daily posts as service will allow. And then also on Facebook um, and then LinkedIn as well. And then on our uh, social media, just, you know, with our names, Andy and Mercedes Lilienthal. Uh, but most then, of the stuff is going to be at Crankshaft Culture, Culture yeah. with the exception of Twitter, if you're still doing that, which is at Crankshaft Cult. Right. Cool. You, you know, it'd be so funny, Holman. Hmm. They get all up there after 5,000 miles. They're tired. It's, they're dreary. They and they sp- realize they left one of their gold no, bricks at home to no, pay no. for fuel on the on the return trip? They've spent all this money on fuel. <laughs> they've like they've they've done the best they can, but they've, they've not come in first or like second or third, but still it's a good job. And then they finally get to the last destination, and you and I are just standing there smiling because we flew up on Alaska Airlines for 280 bucks. Hey, <laughs> 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 tell you that right away you better have a magnum of champagne waiting for us <laughs> in this case there is champagne in the champagne room all right you guys will be on the adventure from february 21st through march 1st and uh you guys can follow along at their socials awesome to catch up with you guys andy congrats on uh jumping out and uh being your own boss uh it, i i can tell you the uh the awesomeness and fear that comes with that and I'm excited you guys are out doing stuff uh, that you love. It's it's amazing and, and great to catch up and talk to you guys. Yeah, appreciate you having us on the show. Thanks for having us on. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, it's been a minute since we played this shingle, but I think we should dust it off and just roll around in it. Some people want to go off-road, so they better have that Others need to 
could carry a load Or something else that's got to be told We don't care if you drive a heat We don't care if it's a brand new Jeep We put the G in the GMC Aw shucks, let's talk trucks I love that Do people realize that if uh, the Truck Show podcast would have been no more because of uh, the previous ownership, that that would have been our new podcast and that would have been our jingle? I don't think people know that. No, they don't. That would have been the uh, the, the uh, Truck Show podcast version 2.0. And unfortunately for all of you listening, we're still on 1.0, <laughs> maybe 1.5. God bless Mr. Alan Goldman yeah. for putting I, that jingle together. I, I, that is literally one of my favorite ones. I want to talk to you about IC Cars. Uh, which is a car study and research company. And they put out this really interesting, um, uh, I guess, study on the best used cars and trucks for the money in 2024. And we'll, we'll focus on the trucks. But here's what's interesting. They, the, the methodology for figuring this out was kind of mind-blowing to me. I'm like, oh. And the more I read into it, I was like, I don't get it. And I got to the bottom, they explained it. I was like, oh, that actually makes sense. So how are they, they're calculating... The value of the vehicle so, based on what? This this is uh, from them on methodology. Okay. They analyzed the price over 1.1 million five- and 10-year-old cars sold from September to December 2023, and then the odometer readings of over 312 million cars on the road. From that, they fed the odometer readings for each vehicle into a proprietary model that estimated the probability that each vehicle would survive to various mileage thresholds. So basically they said, okay, we're going to focus on five and 10-year-old vehicles only, but we're going to use all this mileage in the industry so that we can see how long those models typically last. Mm. So they they input those mileage numbers that, you know, uh, this many Toyota Camrys reached a million miles. So the likelihood of all of them reaching here is this or or whatever, right? Okay. So then they took, they call it a survival model, which is pretty cool. Uh, they use that to calculate the average life of each vehicle, as well as the average mileage after five and 10 years of driving. And then the average prices for each five and 10-year-old vehicle was then calculated by comparing the remaining lifespan expressed as a purchase price per 10,000 miles. And that's oh, where you get the value proposition. Okay, okay. So they excluded heavy-duty and low-volume vehicles. And then to guarantee that the recommended models had a meaningful remaining driving lifespan, the requirement was five-year-old and 10-year-old models had at least 100,000 miles or 80,000 miles of remaining lifespan. That's what That was uh, further imposed on the data to help new car buyers. They basically said, listen, new vehicles are expensive. You might not be able to afford one. You're looking for value. How can you get the best bang for your buck per the mileage that's on the vehicle and what the average lifespan is, what the price of that vehicle is in the marketplace, and then we'll rank them. Has anyone ever done that before? I've never seen it. I've never heard of anyone... Rank vehicles based on their usable lifespan. It, I, it's huh. it's kind of cool. I'll just pull out a couple interesting ones. Uh, the Honda CRV is the best ten-year-old SUV for the money with an average price of fifteen thousand seven twenty-six, with a remaining lifespan of one hundred eleven thousand miles. Okay, but does it consider ugly and pedestrian? Uh, nope, that was not part of this. In uh, Honda uh, CRV, got itself a trophy. I've got one of those trophy vehicles in my driveway right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do uh, the best 20 trucks, 10-year-old trucks for the money, or five-year-old first? I think we do... Wait, it's overall 20 and then five-year-old. 
No, no, no. It's five years or ten years, but top twenty in each category. Oh, let's do the. Oh, interesting. Let's do the. The youngers or the olders first? Let's do the youngers. All right, so uh, this list has uh, the best five-year-old used trucks for the money. This mixes half tons as well as uh, mid-sized trucks. So number 12 was the GMC Sierra. Wait, hold on. Engines, do we... Not included in this. It's just the nameplates. Okay. So uh, this is across the average, across all drivetrain configurations, all engines, all cabs, everything. So GMC Sierra, 1500 So at a uh, pretty uh, expensive $3,307 per 10,000 miles, came out to you. 42,080, which is the average transaction price, had 127,262 miles left, 62.4% of its life. The next one at 11 is pretty interesting. That's Ford F-150. It's the only other one that was above 3,000 price for 10K at $3,059. But the transaction price drops from 42 to 35,309. But the remaining lifespan is only 115 compared to 127. 115, 425, and it only has 59.8% of its life remaining. And then uh, here's the top 10. So, uh, 10? 10. All right, Ram 1500 at 2891 per uh, price per 10,000 miles. The transaction price was 35,824. 123,920 remaining on uh, the lifespan, which splits the difference between that Ford and the GMC Sierra. That's giving you 62.5% of life left. Nine. All right, number nine is the Chevy Silverado 1500. It's amazing to see what a difference it is from the Sierra at 12, but I think that has to do with uh, more content on the Sierra and the higher transaction price anyway. But it's 25.94 for 10,000 miles. Again, the GMC Sierra was at 42.080. The Silverado's 36.524. So you're going to get a better $36,000. Okay. Yep, a lot better value than going with the GMC. And you get 135,969 miles remaining versus the 127 on the GMC. That's giving it a 63% uh, 63.9% of its remaining lifespan. So these are all kind of clustered together with the same mileage remaining, which is yep. kind of interesting. Okay, so hmm. the truck average comes in here between 8 and 9, and that's at 2594, 34,709, 133,000 miles, 133,811, and you get 64% of life. Now we start, you know, kind of chipping away. No, the next one, eight, is the Ford Ranger at twenty three ninety nine. Its transaction price thirty thousand six six nine, hundred twenty seven thousand eight hundred thirty six miles remaining. That's sixty six percent, sixty six point nine percent of its remaining life. That's the highest on the list so far. Okay. Now the next seven. Now the next one, number seven, the Chevy Colorado. Twenty three ninety two. Now the transaction price over the Ranger drops to twenty seven eight eighty two. Ranger was thirty six sixty nine, but you only get one hundred and sixteen thousand five hundred forty two miles left on the truck versus one twenty seven eight thirty six. That's sixty two percent remaining lifespan. So the Colorado is cheaper, but you don't. You also don't get as many miles. But it's not. That's not like forty thousand less. It's only like yeah. it's less than ten thousand. Sure. Less. Six. So six is the Nissan Titan twenty three sixty two. Transaction price thirty one nine sixty seven. You get one hundred and thirty five thousand three hundred thirty eight miles. Yeah, that's better. That's sixty five point two percent. Five. The GMC Canyon two thousand three fifty four per ten thousand miles. That's a thirty one 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 three. You get one hundred and thirty two thousand one hundred seventy five miles remaining, and that's sixty six percent, sixty six point seven. So the second highest on percentage. Now we get into the top four. This is fascinating to me. 
because the value proposition and the miles remaining jump up quite a bit. So I was waiting for this. Like we're all clustered around that 116 to 133 range, 133,000 miles. No, it was 136, somewhere around there being the best. Full. That's right. Toyota Tundra, number four. $2,079 $2,079 per 10,000 miles, 39153 average price. So the transaction yeah. goes way up, but the remaining lifespan, 188,340 miles. Damn! Dang! That's the highest on the list out of all of them. That's 71.7% of life still remaining at five years. Wow. 188, you said? 188. Now, the next one's interesting because the remaining lifespan goes down. And the miles goes down, but the price goes way down, which tells you what a value it is. So, oh, wait a minute. What could this be? Three. Uh, wait, Nis- the, wait, I got to guess. The price is going way down on a Zuzu Trooper. Oh, uh, yes. Nissan Frontier, <laughs> uh, $2,072 per 10,000 miles. Okay. Transaction price was only 24834 So that is actually the lowest transaction price on the list. So you get the most value from there. So can I get some mileage? Remaining mileage is? Uh, 144. 119.844. Okay. That equates to 63.2%. Now the number two truck is the Toyota Tacoma. This is the first truck that breaks down below $2,000 price per 10,000 miles. 1894. Average price, 33116. Remaining lifespan, do you uh, care to guess? Is it better or is it worse? I think it's better. So I'm uh, 138. 174, 831. Oh my God, it was way off. 71.4%. So both the Toyotas crushing it. Are you ready for number one on the list? And number one is, I'm going to guess. Can I guess? Here we go. I'm waiting. Ford F-150. No, that was number 11. You're right. It was number 11. Damn it. Number one is the Honda Ridgeline. No! Listen, I get it. If you don't consider the Honda Ridgeline a truck, the Tacoma's number one, the Frontier's number two. Oh, no. Oh, All right. No! Lightning. No. Stop. No. All right. The, no! uh, the reason the Honda Ridgeline made it to number one was because it is $1,647 per 10000 Uh-huh. Average price, 30026 and it has an incredible 71.2% of life left with 182,288 miles to go. That's no! pretty good. <laughs> All right, so let's move over to uh, to ten year old trucks, and we'll do the top. Uh, we'll do the top five. All right. So this is what's interesting: best ten year old used trucks for the money. At number five. Number five. Get the uh, Chevy Silverado fifteen hundred. So again, this is now a minimum of eighty thousand miles to go, and ten years old. Okay. Yep. Twenty five hundred seventy three price per ten thousand miles. So still twenty five hundred dollars for ten thousand miles. That's yeah. That's still pretty pricey. That's pricey. Yep. Uh, average price drops to twenty one three forty nine, and it still has thirty nine percent of its usable life uh, left, which is eighty two thousand nine hundred and seventy nine miles. So this one has to be a Ford F one fifty. So coming in at number four is the Nissan Titan. Okay, interesting. Two thousand two hundred and fifty five dollars per ten thousand miles. Average price nineteen thousand one hundred three. Remaining lifespan. 40.8%, which equates to 84,704 miles. So if you were to buy a Nissan Titan, a 10-year-old one, you'd spend just about $20,000 and you still have about 85,000 miles uh, for the truck's life. Truck average is between three and four. 
Positions three and four, that's $2,208 per 10,000. 22,195 is the average transaction price. Remaining lifespan on average was 10529 with 44%. So the top three. Number three. Toyota Tundra, 1,983 per 10,000 miles. So it drops under that uh, 2,000 threshold. Average transaction price for a 10-year-old Tundra, 26,281. Wow. Uh, but it did have 50.4% of its uh, lifespan remaining at 132565 It's a lot better than the 84000 Now, this is interesting on number two. Number two. So that's the Toyota Tacoma, 1836. Average transaction price drops to 22664 from the 26281 on the uh, Tundra. Uh, remaining miles drops from 132565 to 123422 the remaining lifespan is identical at 50.4% huh. between the Tundra and the uh, Tacoma. Isn't that kind of amazing? All that data, and they're exactly the same. Yeah, something Stats fishy. are weird. No, that's just how yeah. the world works. Uh, okay. And finally, number one. Number one. All right, can you guess number one? Number one is the Honda Ridgeline. That's right. Again. This is a trick question. The Honda Ridgeline comes in at $1,595 price per 10,000 miles, which is the best value. Average price, 20257 for a 10-year-old Ridgeline. You'll have 127,038 uh, miles of fun remaining, which equates to 49.6%. So You're not wrong. You're just maybe less than right. If only Honda made a truck, an actual truck. All right, so uh, I'd like to point out that your truck, the Ram TRX, uh-huh, so would be loved in the Ram number half because it was better it's than one. Even it was 0. 0.5. It was so good. Listed. It had 190,000 miles not left, even, even at 10 listed. years, and it was only 15. What? Not even listed. Not so even listed. I will say that uh, best 10-year-old SUVs for the money, at least my uh, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited came in at number 18 at... Uh, a uh, transaction price of twenty three thousand three eighty one for two thousand seven hundred nineteen dollars for ten thousand, yeah. and it still had eighty six thousand miles or forty three point eight percent of life remaining. Uh, Skip to number one on SUV, so we don't have to go through that list. Uh, What's <clears> the <throat> number one Honda CRV? Oh. on ten year old and uh, Chevy Trax. Well, the Chevy Trax is an import, is it not? Uh, I believe it is made in uh, South Korea. It may have some lineage back to the Daewoo, but I believe it is a. Uh, South Korean Chevy product. Hmm. Could be wrong. Uh, or I could be uh, right, and uh, Chevy is just killing it with their little tiny important things. Yeah. All right, so uh, if you guys want to uh, read this list in its entirety, you can go to iccars.com. They do have the uh, 20 best five-year-old used cars for the money, which are the uh, Trax, the Honda Fit, and the Honda Insight. The 20 best 10-year-old used cars for the money, Toyota Avalon, Honda CRV, and Honda Accord. I guess they're lumping CUVs and, and sedans together in there. And then uh, if you want to find out the best five-year-old use SUVs for the money, that's the Chevy Trax, Buick Encore, Mitsubishi Outlander Sport. And the best 10-year-old use SUVs for the money, Honda CRV, uh, Mazda CX-9. And interesting enough, the uh, Lincoln MKX. Wow, uh, not a single German car or SUV <laughs> in that list. Well, okay. Not one. Let, let me let me uh, stoke your flame. The best five-year-old used passenger car for the money? Yeah. Uh, would be Honda Fit, Honda Insight, Honda Accord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to 10-year-old and see if you uh, your Germans break into the top three. That would no be uh, Toyota Avalon, Honda nope. Accord, nope. and Lexus GS350. Uh, oh, my God. So, anyway, uh, I just thought it was a really cool uh, survey. The methodology is interesting. So for all you guys looking for uh, a vehicle for your kid who's learning to drive or something to put around town in, 
that's how you know uh, where the best value is, iccars.com. Before we end the show, you had some crazy Nissan patent. Is that, is that right? Uh, this was uh, released or approved on January 9th, 2024. Patent number US 11,866,100B2. Okay. So if you're uh, looking, I don't even know if that's how you're supposed to read those patent numbers, no, but it doesn't if, sound right. if that's what you're looking for. Uh-huh. But it's super interesting. Why do we care? I mean, uh, I, I love Nissan, but why do we care about this patent? Uh, the abstract is a vehicle includes a vehicle frame and vehicle body. The vehicle is supported on the vehicle frame. The vehicle body has a cabin and cargo box. The cabin houses one or more vehicle seats the vehicle. The cabin has a rear wall and the cargo box has a front wall that is adjacent to the rear wall. The rear wall of the cabin and the front wall of the cargo box together define a pass-through <gasps> that connects a floor of the cargo box and the what? floor of the cabin. The pass-through is closable by a barrier. Wait and in a this minute. particular uh, patent, Nissan has removed the rear bulkhead of the cab and the front of the bed and create a new bulkhead that is removable. Uh, I guess the glass and the bulkhead itself comes out. The rear seats are two buckets. It has a canvas full-length sunroof and a structure on the pickup bed that looks like a camper shell, except it has all of these soft parts that comes off and it basically turns the Frontier into an open-air vehicle. Didn't see that one coming, did you? I did not. Wow. This is like, do you remember all the walkthroughs back in the day when you put your your sub box and you connect it all the way through? The guys had to weld the bed to the cab. This would be like that from the factory. Except for this is a soft top instead of a shell. Like we used to use Ferguson super shells because they would keep the base inside. They were, uh, they had sound deadening internally. This is a, you said soft top, right? Well, it's got a, uh, like an exo structure. So the rear window, the side windows and the top of this camper shell structure, which would keep the body uh, rigid without having so like that a bulkhead. So think of it this way. This The best way I can describe it is a Chevy Avalanche, except the bed and cab are separate from each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the, the Avalanche was like a, uh, was a Suburban basically that had a bulkhead. This is a pickup truck that has the bulkhead. And so it's really interesting because they're experimenting with this pass-through idea and this bulkhead idea. How can they be patenting this? It seems like this is obvious and been done. Uh, Because it hasn't quite been done this way. And then there's, uh, it looks like a channel system, special weather stripping and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would say that it's probably more than a patent. I would I would say that that's possibly a design exercise. You know what I hear? Embargo. I'm hearing that Holman knows something about this patent. So anyway, if uh, you want to check out this patent, you Let can me ask head you a over legitimate to the question. patent office. Let me ask you a legit question. Yes. When does it go on sale and how much? Uh, it doesn't, and I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, sure. Uh, Embargo. I'm just saying that if you were to take a mid-sized pickup truck and make like... The roof and back panels and uh-huh. things come off, and if it's more of a lifestyle fun vehicle, yes, that could be pretty cool. Tell me more about this vehicle, the said vehicle I that just did. We just spent five no, minutes I'm on saying, it. No, I'm saying when is it coming out? When can we see it with I our eyes? I think this is a great uh, spot to uh, plug Nissan as our presenting sponsor <laughs> and end the show. A lying sack of <laughs> You know what's up. You're not sharing. No, that's not it at all. I just, I found this patent. Mm -hmm. How would I know anything? The patent was just released January 9th, 2024. Because you heard some scuttlebutt? 11 pages. 
there's all sorts of uh, goodness in there, but I'll, I'll let you patent nerds go out there and, uh, and find it. Again, that, that would be uh, patent number US11866100B2. Well, I hope you wrote it down. I mean, I don't need to. It's right here on my computer. Kills me that you know more about this than you're letting on. Damn you. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. For the record, I know nothing beyond what is in this patent. I just thought it would be cool to bring it to your attention. So, uh-huh. Anyway, uh, if you have some cool patents that you have found while sniffing around the internet, uh, send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, holman at truckshowpodcast.com, or lightning at truckshowpodcast.com. Of course, you can follow us on the old socials, at truckshowpodcast. At Sean P. Holman, at LBC Lightning, and our buddy Dave Graham has been killing it. If you guys have seen all the content, I now have randos coming up and going, dude, dude, Truck Show's awesome. Dude, Instagram is killing it. He like, is, dude. Dave is murdering it. So thank you, yeah. Dave. Shout out to you since I know you're listening. Yeah. Hey, um, you can slide in my DMs. You guys have been doing it uh, pretty heartily lately. So at Including me. I, I Listen, <laughs> uh, sometimes when you have an organization, you have to act like the customer in order to see if the processes are working. Yes. And I will tell you, I uh, I did a secret shopper, and uh, it works. At LBC Lightning, if you need the hookup on some Banks products, if you're looking for a Ram Air rear differential cover, like uh, Holman's uncle needed for his Ram, uh, just, again, slide into the DMs, and I'll hook a brother up at LBC Lightning. And we are seriously sad that... Uh, we haven't gotten any of your beautiful voices on our uh, five-star hotline. So 657-205-6105. Leave us a message. Tell us what you're up to, what's bothering you, how many people have their lights off on the freeway. You can commiserate oh, with lighting. don't even lighting. Go Okay, all right. So are you going to tell a story? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, so I, I am. On the way here, uh-huh. ladies and gents, Yeah. on the way here, I recorded on my phone. While driving. My iPhone 13 Pro X. I don't have a 14. I have a 15, but... Yeah, mine's old. I have the first big lenses here. I got some footage of three cars, the third of which, that turned on the lights for me. The first two, I couldn't get their attention. I'm collecting all this footage because I'm going to do a little rant here on YouTube, on the YouTubes, and and I needed the B-roll. So, if you're driving along over the next couple days... And you see the car in front of you, it's probably going to be a Lexus. I think nine times out of ten, it's always a Lexus or a Toyota. Yes, Toyota I, product a lot. Yeah, I had two Priuses on the way here. Oh, yeah. Record five seconds. That's all I need. It's five seconds. Hold your phone vertically and give me some footage, and then just DM it to me, please. I need that footage because we're going on a serious rant on YouTube. We're going to make a little short of it. We or you? Uh, maybe me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just it's I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's still an epidemic. I'm curious if it's happening by you. Listen, I, are the cars and trucks driving with their lights I'm freaking off? All for epidemics, but only if it's the reviews. So uh, head over to Spotify or Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and please leave a review of your favorite podcast. Hopefully that's this one. <laughs> uh, and we're also waiting uh, for some more know your notes. You can send those to us on any of our uh, uh, any of our platforms. And then also, uh, please send us your events. We got a ton of events in the queue. Um, I think we've, we've added some more in the well, last wait week a or two. When you say in the queue, they're all live. They're all on the page. So, so go to truckshowpodcast.com. Click on the events tab. We got a full calendar so you can find a show near you. And one more thing. If you're cruising along on the highway and you see a Nissan Frontier, be sure to photograph it out the windshield of your truck and send it to us. And I will send you a truck show podcast sticker actually at least 50% of the time make it to 
I've been pretty good lately. There's still two or three outstanding. If you guys did not get your stickers yet, an honor system only, email uh, uh, structuralpodcast at gmail.com and we will get those out to you. Indeed, my friend uh, Holman. So we want you to head over to your Nissan dealer and check out the brand new Nissan Frontier or Nissan Titan. The Titan's got the best warranty in the business, five-year, 100,000 miles. And if you need a little smaller truck, the Frontier is super duper slick, easy to get around town, but super durable for even semi heavy duty needs. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> wow, that was your first cold <laughs> Nissan read in a long time. Yeah, it was rusty, rough and uh, rough and rugged, just like the just Nissan like Frontier the truck. Pro 4X. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, Pro 4X uh, is a good truck. Should by I the try way. and do the uh, cold Banks read? I dare you. Double all right, head on over to uh, BanksPower.com where you can use their build and price tool. No, what? Well, your, your make model. <laughs> where you can no. use their year make model tool to yes. figure out what parts they have for your car. Well, no, you're supposed or to truck. Pro- you're supposed to promote the uh, the I'm here. getting there. Oh. and one of those products that is car or truck, which is why I freaking just mentioned it. Okay, Lightning. Idash and the Idash is an amazing do it all everything you need gauge that replaces like uh, something like 800 gauges. It plugs into your OBD2 port. You can data log with it. It shows you all the vitals that your car's dashboard refuses to show you. There's nothing else out there that's like the iDash. And now Banks on Select Applications is even offering the Stealth Pods, which is their new mounting system that looks like it came from the factory on a horde of different trucks, Jeeps, and uh, other Watch your things. language. Bankspower.com. Hey guys, it's Miles, your producer here. Hey, what's up? I just emailed you a photograph of a Nissan Frontier. Does it matter that it was in Whole Man's driveway? Well, I don't know who Whole Man <laughs> is, but uh, yeah, that, that matters. That's cheating. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast. Yeah. 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 Me one more time. I can't even say shit right now. <laughs>